hello. Uh, welcome back to another episode of Shift Notes. Uh, my name is Gian. Uh, today we have an absolutely amazing guest. I'll just introduce our team again for those that are just tuning in. Uh, we have Mikey Ball, we have Laurie Bar, and this afternoon or this morning, wherever you're kind of tuning in from, um, we have Cam Timmons. Uh, he's a great friend of all of us. Um, I felt very pleasured to uh, met him earlier on in my career. Um, done a few co cocktail competitions with him, and he's kind of we've we had we've had a good time. I feel like we've you know we've kind of hung out and we've seen the world now. Like uh, uh, we've had similar sort of experience, uh, especially in the last year, where um, we were both meant to be living in New York last year, uh, but then the world kind of changed a little bit. Um, but I'm very excited to see what he has to say, and uh, very excited to kind of like show you about his life and. Uh, yeah, does anybody else have anything they want to kind of say? <laughs> yeah, no, so stoked that you've made the time. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Cam's actually currently in isolation right now. Um, so he's made time in his schedule to chat to us and we're hoping we can bring some sanity and some laughs into your isolation stay, but also really interested to hear about your career journey because it's been a pretty incredible one and it'll be really cool to share with the hospitality industry. Um, you've gone to many places, worked in some pretty epic roles and yeah, it'll be cool to give some of that wisdom and knowledge to other people in the hospital uh, crew. Yeah, I'm I'm lucky enough to have worked alongside Cam in multiple places. I think it's quite cool in the fact that myself and G and, and maybe yourself, Laurie, you're maybe a bit baby, but um, we've, <laughs> we've, all, younger. We've, we've all we've all kind of worked worked along at the same time, and I, I, we've had some pretty pretty heavy heart to heart conversations about how the industry's been going over the past what twenty years, fifteen years, Cam. So um, it'd be quite cool to kind of roll through a few of these today. So <laughs> not too many of the stories though. Yeah, thank, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it'll be wisdom, um, but I'll, I'll, I'll give it my best shot. Or what not Just to imagine do. <laughs> you're having a beer. It's totally fine. Like, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's kick things off. Um, so for those of who don't know you, um, we just want to know a little bit about yourself. Like, we just want to know how you started in the industry. Like, what are some of like the highlight places that you've worked in and like how you kind of like kick things off? So, so my name's Cam uh, and I probably like a lot of people that have worked or currently work in hospitality sort of fell into it after high school. Um, I kind of turned 18 and, and discovered uh, the film Cocktail by Tom Cruise and it's sort of you know, for me, growing up, alcohol was very much a wine, wine focused thing. It was at meals. Um, it was, it was, it was a really family thing to sort of, sort of, you know, all of a sudden have this thing. I could go out with mates and be in these social places. And um, despite the fact that Tom Cruise is a complete weirdo, uh, you know, that movie was great. It was like shit bars. What? Uh, so I started working in a pub when I was at uni. Uh, I think that's actually G where where we met, uh, like the Auckland Culinary Fair, like. 14 years oh wow 14 years ago it was more than that man it was more than that <laughs> wow um that's crazy so uh yeah look just was spending a bit of time working uh just bumming around pubs and and started to to look at kind of what was going on in Auckland um and as I worked through uni and then after uni I ended up at uh some places like the Golden Dawn uh, RIP, which 
is turned into, I think, Hopper's Garden Bar now. Mm -hmm. um, a joke called Mea Culpa, uh, Long Live the MC, which has, of course, grown into something, uh, a, a, a beautiful iteration uh, of, of the space into now Clipper. Um, and the last hospitality role I had was with Saver Group, uh, and that was uh, doing Fukuko in Britomart uh, and Ostro in the Seafarers Building. So, yeah, a, a real big mix uh, of, of, I suppose, pubs to higher volume bars, um, competed along the way uh, quite a bit, and, yeah, last across a sort of a, a bar restaurant group where, yeah, I, I had the opportunity to work with some fantastic people and bartenders and, and managers, servers and runners uh, and, and some great leadership across the group. So... Uh, that's that's sort of my my hospitality career in a, in a little nutshell yeah I mean it goes to show you know like it doesn't mean uh like wherever you start wherever you kind of like get your feet in the on the ground like in hospitality it could take you anywhere you know like you could be a runner you could be like a kitchen porter like anything it just kind of like it is what you want to make it to be um okay so you've worked in in, in like a bunch of wicked places but you're in isolation right now. Why are you in isolation? Like, were you out working somewhere? Like, have you just come back from like somewhere specifically? Like, what, what's your role these days? Yes. So I, uh, what was what was supposed to be a, a, a brief few days in Sydney, I was one of the Kiwis that got stuck when the travel bubble paused. So currently, uh, I'm back in New Zealand, and I'm the now the commercial and brand development manager for Fever Tree in New Zealand. Um, and so that is, the, that role entails that I just, I drive the, the commercial agenda for Fever Tree in New Zealand. Um, I, I work in or alongside uh, the, the distributor business, uh, Thirsty Camel here. So I'm, I'm just chilling for the next kind of 10, no, 12 days. 11 days or whatever like I'm no still one's here. counting yeah. yeah might be easier to forget <laughs> <laughs> um that's amazing like how how did you get yourself into that sort of role like prior to like obviously there's the, the working in restaurants and bars but like how did you get yourself into that part um I guess I've I've always sort of been quite quite curious about um the world outside of hospitality or the, or the business or the structure that, that sort of influences that. So uh, about seven and a half years ago, uh, I, I, I left Saver um, and started to work for, for Puna Ricard um, as the New Zealand Spirits and Champagne Ambassador initially. I did that role for a few years and, and one of the perks of a, of a global business is you can move around within it. Uh, so I, I spent a few years in Australia, uh, and then after that, uh, I spent a few years in Sweden at the Absolute Brand headquarters in Stockholm. So uh, I came home in December 2020 and I uh, was working remotely for a few months and took some time off. And I've been with Fever Tree ever since. Amazing. Amazing. Like, what does your sort of like day look like, kind of like working for that sort of like big group now? Like, because obviously, there's elements of like, and when you were working as an ambassador, you're constantly like on the ground talking to like uh, hospitality staff and like talking to them about the brand. But like, what does this, what does your day look like now? Um, 
hell of a lot used. Wow, uh, the, the, the media training obviously didn't stick. Um, it's a hell of a lot used to. It's a hell of a lot different than it used to be. I like being awake early in the mornings now. Um, which a twenty-year-old me would have slapped in the face. Um, I guess Fevertree uh, globally runs runs quite lean, so there's sort of not like a war room with people and clipboards running around. Um, so uh, I, I work within the distributor business Thirsty Camel here. Uh, so there's the liquor side of the business and, and, and the mixes with Fever Tree. So usually um, my day will start off. I'll, I'll have a look and, and see how sales numbers are going. I'll check emails. Um, I work super closely with the team in Australia. Um, while, while the, the brand itself is, is a truly global brand, it, it is quite lean. So there's sort of not different huge departments of of people running around uh we kind of get stuck in and everything um so from literally just checking my emails and having a cup of tea having a look at how how the performance is going uh to to being out in trade uh with the field team so meeting customers uh, and that's anything from a a, a new world or, or a countdown a buyer or a merchandiser at, at uh in a supermarket to, to a liquor store, um, to a liquor land, a super liquor, going to meet um, anything from a head office uh, level uh, for promotions, pricing, or just checking out what's on shelf because at the end of the day, like, that's the world we live in. Um, and then last but not least, the nearest and dearest to my heart is, is on trade. Um, so yeah, spending a bit of time out with um, our, our on trade field team uh, with Thirsty Camel and, and seeing what's going on. Sweet. Oh, that's pretty cool, man. I mean, but like we know, we could probably talk all day, have an absolute yarn. Um, I've got one more question for you. Um, what did you study at uni? Because uh, it's always quite interesting. It's like like we said, like you said, like so many people have like gone working in hospitality, like whilst they were at uni, or like finish uni and then go on to like just work in hospitality. Like, just want to know what your sort of like background and your thought was, like. Um, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know if I should be ever used for an ad campaign, well not, not with this face for, for the University of Auckland, but um, I, I loved uni man, like I'd still be there if I could, so uh, I, I eventually honed in, uh, I, I did international relations um, uh, with, a, with a minor in international business, so uh, yeah, couldn't, couldn't quite pick, so did, did, did the, the politics and then just kind of grounded it with, with a bit of bit of business for which is, has actually come to help me out in later life because I had no idea what I was going to do at uni. Uh, I don't know, does anyone? No, I think I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I stuck around for I, I did my bachelor's and then I did did post grad and uh, yeah, so uh, international relations and, and some business. Cool. Wait, it must have must have come handy, obviously, with you. What you're doing now, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, honestly, I, I think probably my time in, in hospitality and the people that I met and and the mentors and support that I, I kind of had from the business have, have taught me far more uh, than I than I learned at university. Um, but but go to uni, go go learn. I think it's, <laughs> it's 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 a great environment to be in and see ideas and see the power of critical thinking. And uh, you know whether you get that from school or uni or, or a work environment, that's certainly where I. I think I picked it up anyway. It was mm. at least critical thinking. Um, and how not to serve shit beer at Shadows. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> to be 
five bucks a jug come on it's not gonna be great <laughs> um I, I actually that kind of leads me into a couple of questions so um i want to ask you a little bit more about corporate life but uh, when you studied at uni and you got your degrees, a lot of people traditionally will kind of start to get into the business um, world, but then you kind of went into hospitality. And what was the draw card for you there? Because we know, there's a few people who have kind of, you know, for example, Jacob Breyer studied law and then decided he loved hospitality. Like, what was the draw for you? Uh, I think it wasn't long after the, the end of the global financial crisis and I was having a better time making more money working in bars than a, than a graduate salary at like a Fonterra or a corporate or whatever. Um, and that was really the driver for me. You know, I, hospitality is quite an all-encompassing business and I, I was really enjoying it. I was meeting people. I was, I was making great friends. You know, I, I was, I, you know, it's, I, by now I, you know, I'd, I'd met Mikey and, and, and Gian and, and, and had some black good mates in the business. So I'd, I'd give it a crack for a, for a year or two and, and, and see how it went because it, it was fun. And, you know, when you're in your early twenties, it's like, do you want to take a, I mean, I know people do this and it's great. They do. And if this works for you hundred percent, but um, you know, a kind of a graduate role, we are, yeah, straight into kind of nine to five or, or keep going and, and what for me was quite a fun creative outlet uh, and I was getting paid for it. Awesome and it's obviously worked out so <laughs> um, <laughs> I, uh, so like something that's kind of interesting for me so you've obviously made the jump into like initially a brand ambassador role and I feel like there's a lot of people out there who probably are looking at doing things in their own lives in the hospitality career what advice would you give to someone who is working in hospital now and potentially wants to look at a brand role in the future? Uh, look, I think I read something the other day and uh, I thought it was quite relevant and that the, the only constant is change. Um, and I, personally, I, I, I don't believe in a, in a five-year plan, a 10-year plan. I think they're bullshit, right? Because you set yourself up for failure um, and you're only failing to yourself. Um, unless you're like super motivated by ticking off goals, then if that works for you, go for it. But it never worked for me. Um, for me, I think I, I really enjoy being in, in new environments, challenging environments. I, I tend to quite like being outside my comfort zone, um, which in a professional setting sometimes can be quite challenging. So for me, um, I just kind of saw the opportunity to, to see a different side of the business. I think by the time that I'd left hospitality, I'd, I'd been kind of bartending or running venues, et cetera, for, for nigh on six or seven years at, at least mm -hmm. I haven't really tallied it up uh, and that was kind of full-time I think um, and I've been uh, supported by a really great boss uh, who's who's a great friend like Paul Franich is to me is his family to this day and uh, I think I was really pushed in a, in a in a positive direction to to see what else there is in the world uh, because it's not just maybe what's what's in your bar or, or in your group um, and that was that was an opportunity that I had to to kind of see the other side of the business. Awesome. And do you think that there are some things that people who are bartenders should know before they kind of step into a role like that? Or is there anything that like any skills that they should try and develop that you think are important? I think I'm fundamentally coming from a hospitality background. You're going to have great interpersonal skills anyway. 
you know, you deal with people on a daily basis. Uh, and I know everyone says this, and it's, but I, I love Anthony Bourdain and there's that quote where he says like everyone should work in a restaurant. Um, you know, I think everyone should because you do get those interpersonal skills. Um, but I think that the one thing that I, I maybe would say to anyone looking at a VA role is that you, it, you're probably seeing the job description as sort of this big, but the job and the influence uh, that you're going to have within the trade uh, and the work you're going to have to do is, is like this big. Mm. Um, and sometimes people don't care who you are and people don't want to be your friend. And that's not a bad thing uh, because you learn through hospitality and, and time dealing with with annoying tables or splitting bills for 50 people. Um, you know, you kind of just got to roll with that um, because the world is so much bigger than than just maybe the, the drinks you're slinging in your bar and the people you'll meet uh, and, and be open to it and, and engage with it and and come to it with, with a, a positive mindset. But not everyone wants to be your friend uh, as they might be in your workplace when they walk through at 5.30 on a Thursday night looking for a cold drink. Yeah, okay, that's that's good advice. Um, and then this switch, because you, you were working as a brand ambassador um, for several years and then you switched into kind of more of a global global business role as well. How did you prepare yourself to go from brand ambassador to suddenly um, a far more, I guess, business focused and marketing focused role? Um, I, I shouldn't say that I didn't. Um, <laughs> winging it really has kind of worked out well for me, I suppose. Um, no, look, I, I guess um, for me, as I said, what you'll see in um, ambassador roles it doesn't matter if it's sort of for, a, for a small brand or, or a large globally run one um, you know you see the structures at play and the decisions that get made and for me I, I kind of wanted a little bit more skin in the game a little bit more stake in some of those decisions being made um, and I guess that was more you know you'd see things that go oh, it'd be really cool if it looked like this or um, and I was fortunate when when I was working for Saver, they they had a, a creative side of the business, so I had agency exposure. Um, and I guess it, I just I wanted to be involved in bigger stuff. Mm. You know, when you see a label, or at least when I see a label, like you know, I look at the paper and the production, and um, I think I, I probably wasn't prepared for a lot of the jobs that I've ended up with, but. Uh, at least in my mind, but what I think prepared me to to cope with those situations was in those environments. I think it's really important that people seek out um, constructive criticism and mentors and people that can help uh, craft that critical thinking and your your creative approach to things because you you can learn, mm -hmm. you can always learn. Um, but if you've got a shit attitude, you, I mean you're gonna suck at the end of the day. Uh, and you're never gonna be good at anything. So uh, unless you give it a crack and, and learn because it's not we're not like pre-programmed iPhones. So um, for me, I, I was just curious and I was willing to learn and um, you know be, be told what to do by people smarter than me. And so I moved from a BA role in New Zealand to uh, kind of an activation product development job in Australia. Uh, which was, was was really cool for a couple of years, um, and then much more to a, a very marketing-driven role uh, with Absolute on Absolute Elix, and then the RTD business. Wow, cool. Well, that's, that's a yeah. really long way to answer that question. I'm yeah, sorry. no, it's good. No, this is giving us <laughs> the backstory. This is what we want. We want the stories. Um, that's the and point of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. All right. You can also tell that I haven't really spoken to anyone in uh, 
for a couple of days, right? This is this is perfect because <laughs> that means we have content. Because sometimes you know, if you ask questions and people are very short, and they're like, you're like, oh, tell us more. <laughs> so um, <laughs> no, this is great. Talk away. Uh, so I guess my kind of one of final one of my final questions for you will be: um, Do you think that like? looking back now, now that you've been working in the brand space and in the corporate space, and uh, when you look back to the hospitality industry and, you know, have your beliefs changed at all around um, the industry? And if so, how? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think you kind of look at it through your own ever-changing lens of experience. And uh, I mean, hindsight's a, a wonderful thing. Um, and I just, I'm, I'm really grateful for the people that kind of sort of became stakeholders in, in my career and, and wanted to see me do good. Um, you know, like I said, uh, you know, Paul, who was, was my old boss at, at Ponderosa and Saver, um, you know, like I said, that guy's family to me and has, has had a huge effect uh, and impact on, on my outlook and career. And, you know, I, I would say that just as much as those people can, can change that as, as your lens changes. Um, but yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's a very easy mindset to slip into sometimes when it's kind of you in, in your bar thinking, uh, you know, if, 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 they, if this brand only did that or, uh, you know, this would make everything better. Um, you know, the, the global booze business is a huge, huge beast. Um, and the one thing I guess that I, I would challenge everyone listening to this podcast is what you're thinking now is not something that you'll necessarily think in five years. And the only thing that's going to change that is being exposed to different businesses and different ideas and different different thinking. Um, you know, I, I was a terror for it. I'd see something on the shelf and just go, crack, really? That sucks. Um, but probably without thinking that, you know, dozens of people had spent a lot of time working on that product uh, or that liquid or, or that, that label uh, or even just working their asses off to get it on shelf. So, um, yeah, check the ego and, and put your hand up and, and, and learn and ask questions and, and get involved. Um, and I think it's, you know, the business has certainly evolved with having these conversations and you guys are driving <coughs> a healthy hospital message, which is massive. Uh, I, I think that's a huge shift. So, um, yeah, I don't know if that necessarily answers the question, but no, it's it's great. I I totally agree. We have something that when I first started working at Line, they kind of uh, one of the key things that stood out for me was like seek to understand before you make any decision or you make any judgments. Because I rocked in being like you know, fresh out of hospital being like, oh, like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? And the more and more you dig, you're like, actually, there's a whole warehouse out here full of all these hundreds of people and all this kind of stuff. And this is why this happens. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm not as big, you know, the bar I worked at is not the priority in the grand scheme. But at the time when you work there, you do feel like that it is. Um, but yeah, it is fascinating, the more and more you learn. So uh, my last question for you before I pass off to Mikey will be, what are some of your like big career highlights to date? Could be anything, could be fun, could be achievement focused, whatever. Um, Aside from the fact of having Burger King at like three o'clock in the morning with me in Wellington. <laughs> oh, was that, that was Cocktail World Cup, wasn't it? Okay, that's World that's Cup, a relic, yeah. isn't it? That, that Burger King doesn't exist anymore. Oh, doesn't oh, it? No, oh, it's all gone. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yes. Um, oh, Cocktail World Cup. What a blast from the <laughs> past. Uh, I got a memory about world class the other day. 
Um, God, we look young. G had hair. Like, <laughs> Mikey didn't have a beard. Um, I looked about 10. Uh, <laughs> um, wait, what, so what was the question? Um, what am I, sorry, career highlights. Career highlights. <laughs> um, yeah, losing to Jason Clark in world class. Um, <laughs> Hopefully he listens to this. <laughs> what, yeah. Every Still, year? Still about that um, he had the goods, right? He knew. Uh, oh, look, yeah. I, I, I saw JC and, and V in London. And, fuck, I love those guys. They're so good. He deserved it too, which makes it even worse. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's so bad when good people win. You're just like, give me a reason to hate you. Um, <laughs> oh, look. Um, I think I've been able to do some cool shit. Um, and I, I hope that doesn't sound too ego driven. I think, you know, it's, it's more, you just, you got to put yourself in situations where you can do cool shit with cool people. Um, I think the Espresso Martini on Tap, which was a, a, a project uh, I looked after in Australia um, for Kiwis, uh, despite Australia being super close and we think we're crazy about coffee uh the east coast and people in sydney and melbourne will i mean have been drinking espresso martinis for breakfast for years um it's weird it's a bit gross um and so, so yeah uh we, we kind of had this idea of an espresso martini on tap so it's made with kalua absolute and uh, a cold brew that's made uh, on the central coast um completely artificial preservatives nada um nitrogen comes in a keg pours like guinness um yeah it's served our well, completely ambient as well um it, yeah it never really took off here just kiwis don't drink enough coffee venues aren't big enough uh, but what started as an idea on a whiteboard uh, took me two years to figure out and, and about, a, no, I can't say that, uh, a lot of monies. Um, but yeah, that was that was really cool. Something that just kind of seemed like a, a, a cool idea and there were people doing it in isolation, but to do it on a huge scale. Um, I think uh, launching some RTDs around the world was, was really, really cool. Um, yeah, the, the pride can, uh, I, I wasn't responsible for it. Uh, I, I, lo I looked after the implementation from a global level, but the rainbow pride can uh, for absolute mixed. And yeah, I don't know. I, I think just seeing, having come from a bartender point of view of, of making drinks to then go uh, tasting different liquids. And I love RTDs. I don't care what anyone says. Like if you don't like them, eat a dick, get some perspective. Um, and it's, yeah, I don't know, just, just going like, holy shit, a million people are going to drink this. And what we're drinking right now and making tweaks to are going to be part of good times uh, for, for a lot of people, I think is, is something that I'm, I'm really proud about. And it wasn't just me. Oh, there yeah. are a lot of people that spent time working on, on all of these products. I just want to make that clear as well. That yeah. it, I'm a very cool part. <laughs> very cool. That's awesome. Yeah, that's something that I kind of it resonates with me at the moment, doing a lot of um, new product development for a, for a few different brands, one of which obviously is East Imperial and, and seeing that that understanding. And like you mentioned before, I think probably one of the... Uh, what? Yeah, Who? We won't talk about that, mate. No idea. Um, 
Look, you had one good one with the blue label. It's fine. It's all right. You can keep that. It's all right. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> um, but but one of one of the uh, one of the biggest pieces for me seeing that, and I think kind of you you almost alluded to it before, was this whole idea of walking in from a bar level where where I would I would say it's craft, but it's more like unsustainable understanding of how you can produce something and actually looking at some something that can be sustainably produced at a commercial level and being like whoa actually volume this is how we have to do this this is how you have to put this together how can i get all of that freshness into that so probably a lot of stuff that people don't think about specifically with rtds and specifically if you're if you're looking to get the most delicious product um, out of the market then there's a lot of research that goes into making sure that those those uh, flavors and stuff don't just taste like pineapple lumps. You know, it's a, it's genuinely that that kind of drive. So there's so much there's so much behind that style of thing, which I'm I'm lucky enough to be part of now. Uh, but it's really 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 cool to see that that's something that you've seen too. Yeah. Um, so I'm I've I've got a really cool one, and, and this guy I guess is something. Um, my question is kind of a close pieces that kind of closely resonate in my heart um i was part of a program which i know you were as well uh, i was lucky enough to just do it in the uk and kind of be part of tales whilst whilst i was there working in in london but um the cocktail apprentice program was something that i actually pretty much i remember you talking about when we kind of first worked together uh when i was helping out at fukuko and and the likes and so I really want to kind of get get a little bit of a little bit of insight as to how you experienced it and what and what you thought there. Um, I guess maybe maybe just a bit of a bit of a kind of brief breakdown of what the cocktail apprentice program is for any Kiwis that want to try and jump into it. Yeah, I, I guess I probably want to preface my answer with um, two things. You know, it's it was a much different environment when when I did the cocktail apprentice program. Uh, it's not to say it's it's any better or, or it's worse in the sense that I think it's a, it's a much more professional uh, education-driven platform now. Um, and holy shit, what a time. What a time <laughs> yeah. to be alive. Um, and I, I think, you know, when, when I first did the CAT program, this was back in 2012. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, we can edit that one out. Um, I, yeah, uh, I look. I, I just applied uh, on the off chance. I was fascinated by North America, um, the different schools of bartending. You know, this was sort of right around the time when like Jim Mean was a really big deal. Um, you know, Dead Rabbit and, and kind of Jack McGarry, etc. Were I mean, he was still drinking then, so you know, it was kind of um, it was it was 2011 when I applied. Um, and it, it just it, it really opened my eyes to how much bigger the business is and the industry is and the people that are that are part of it. Um, and at the time, you were you were kind of the the learning mobile workforce of uh, of the the of Tales of the Cocktail, which at that time um, you know was was a massive booze fest. Uh, you know, it was a it was a marathon, not a sprint, <laughs> as we were kind of always told. Um, and for me, just just really seeing you know like 2000 aviations made uh like batching in bulk um and how to do it safely and carefully on about two and a half hours sleep and um uh a, a bowl of cheerios and uh yeah look it, like i said it was just kind of throwing this like 20 something year old kiwi kid um mm. into the the big american kind of dream i mean gee you're seeing you know, you're living it now mate you're beaming it from new york bro so you're, yeah. you're doing it and i think 
yeah, it just it just showed me how big this business is and how big this world is, and um, but also how small it is as well. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's pretty massive to be thrown in that like deep end as well, right? Seeing what uh, I mean, not just tales itself or the cocktail apprentice program in general, but walking into a city like New Orleans. Um, it's probably one of the craziest things where you go to all these different bars and I know I've been there with G and you walk into these places where these cocktails that we've been making for generations that uh, were invented and it's like what what yeah <laughs> really uh, you, you know this this hasn't like, been cool is a wild city <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, all mean, of us have been there actually <laughs> like all of us have been to New Orleans and it's such a crazy place <laughs> Man, I love it I've been I've been back like I think four times <laughs> um, yeah that is that was a wild week. <laughs> I, I think the work that uh, the shift uh, to be to be really education driven and, and growth driven and, and and sharing of knowledge as opposed to just a huge piss up uh, is, is a really good thing for the business. Um, you know, I don't know if you caught this, but I, I saw a post on Instagram from from Sam Edgerton, who's um, quite senior in Merivale in Australia. Uh, he, huge huge influence uh, i think in our industry um just around driving that that, oh, no. that education no we're good got it that's awesome <laughs> I, I, I don't know if i can repeat that again no 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 you we've got it we got it <laughs> we got you <laughs> lock it in creation never froze last time we just yeah, we just want everything again <laughs> see how good my media training is this is a word to all people that potentially want to work in corporate when when they offer you all of the, the continued learning, Laurie, you've, you've probably done it at Lion, like the media training, mm. uh, public speaking training, fucking do it. That's you- the best. Yeah, we're, we're actually trying to bring some of that training out to the hospital industry as well through Healthy Hospital. Because I was like, when I first walked into corporate, I was like, oh my goodness, where was this when I was working in a bar? Yeah, I, like, I, I've done heaps of it. And um, on a side note, if you want to hit me up, I'd love to be involved. <laughs> yeah cool there we go <laughs> watch out for 2022 workshops coming oh, it, it's a, but it's that crazy thing I, I don't know if people still do it but um maybe this is why I, I never won a major cocktail comp because I never rehearsed um mm. whereas when you become a BA that like, you can't yeah. just wing it you get fired because mm. you can't say stupid shit to journalists um and good public speaking is about rehearsing it and uh it's a script in your head you know, so so when when you are presenting, it, it should be like the back of your hand, not you're hearing it for the first time like everyone else's, um, <laughs> which I would never advocate <laughs> you do because it's that's never a terrible happened. approach. No, everything I I everything I presented as a BA was was well researched, um, and it was scripted. Uh, but you know, so like when you see TED talks, uh, people don't wing that shit, man. Like they that's maybe this this isn't a new line of thinking for people but yeah if, if you want to be good at something you have to practice it and you have to make it um and that's that's the key to to public speaking no one's good at public speaking <laughs> you bring so up cute. such a such a cool piece actually i watched a little um i, well, I sorry i didn't watch i i listened to a podcast with douglas mcmaster and when he did that first ever t- ted talk on silo he was like i took a four hour like almost a four hour chat and tried to put it into 12 minutes. <laughs> it was like I practiced and practiced and practiced. And then when he did it, he was like, I didn't like it. I didn't like it in the end. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, no matter how much practice you can put in and, and how much you have to, and that's just how, how crazy that, that would have been woodsmith, how much you had to break it down. 
they do have yeah, a really right? great book called like um speaking like ted or something where they break down some of the and they yeah basically just say stories uh keep it like keep it tight practice 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 <laughs> yeah awesome so uh, um outside of the cocktail apprentice program my bro we wanted to kind of chat a little bit about hardships and challenges um nothing too ruthless uh but i mean i guess i guess uh what what are some of the biggest challenges in, in your career? We, I mean, we've all been through some pretty crazy ones and, and there's always challenges with moving overseas and, and working in different businesses and putting your, your hand out there. But um, yeah, is there any that, that kind of spring to mind as challenges, good or bad? Um, yeah, I, I think for me, um, I've, I've kind of always just had uh, an approach to, to business and work um of you know if you don't do it you won't know um and I, I think that certainly got me into some situations where um I was probably a little bit over my head um but I, I think through that that's when you learn um you know you need to be really open to 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 looking to to have some advice and, and people guide you um I mean this isn't North Korea we, we live in a capitalist world right results have to come um and I think probably something for me moving into out of a BA role you know I I, I was really well supported in New Zealand um, but when I, I moved to Australia and then um, you know it was it was a much more kind of business driven uh, brand marketing driven environment um, and so I, I think a, a challenge that I had was was really getting my head around uh, the not corporate um, but a world outside of hospitality where um, you know, you're not necessarily friends with everyone, but you, you kind of live and let live. Um, and in the world outside of hospitality, people don't necessarily give a shit who you are. They're there to punch the time clock because they've got things outside of their work. Um, hospitality, I think, particularly in smaller markets. No, actually, scratch that. Hospitality everywhere is, is quite a small circle. You know, your, your workmates become your friends, um, you know, your family relationships. We've all kind of met partners for brief periods of time one night or months or whatever you know it's hospitality is that bubble um whereas the the world outside of that isn't like that not everyone wants to be your friend some people couldn't give a shit where you come from who you are they're to punch the time clock or punch their time card and and get out and do other things you know um and i think for me it was just that realization and i was young too uh, i think i was quite young for a brand ambassador so was was just getting my head around that um, do, you, do you think there there's like a level of I mean I guess we're probably all people who who would say we're quite passionate specifically from like a bartending side we're very passionate when we go into those roles and I think often when you walk into an office like you said when people are just time stamping there's a level of like I always I always talk about my me personally compared to my father and my father's like amazing at what he does but he goes to work to go to work that's that's it he's not passionate about what he does he goes to work because he's had to and that's such an old old format now of like we're, we're all very lucky to work in an industry that we're passionate about but there's also people that are surrounding us in that industry that don't necessarily put as much or care as much about the actual physical piece right yeah and but the world's changed i mean you know i think we kind of came uh from that generation where you know working on two hours sleep because you'd misbehaved uh the night before was was a badge of honor right um and yeah, i think punishment <laughs> yeah you kind of be like yeah i didn't sleep last night like how good 
booze and shots. Uh, I, I think I don't know how someone now if they offered me a shot. I mean, it was 10 a.m., but, um, you know, and I, that really gave me a glimpse into, um, I think, people that kind of didn't see that as a valuable way of life or, um, you know, for me, certainly kind of stepping into a corporate role or a, a more business-driven role is, you know, you're only as good as, as the results you put out and you have to take care of yourself and, and you have to kind of get get better at that. And I, I think, you know, I know this isn't answering the question, but the, the shift in the industry to, to take care of yourself and, uh, and recognize negative behaviors and correct that because, you know, who would have thought eating one meal a day, drinking and um, other, sort of narcotics consistently are, are bad for your health like surprise mm. surprise of course you're going to be depressed like you know yeah. but we didn't think about that 15 years yeah. ago like yeah fuck how good's 20 beers and shots mm. um now it's like how good's actually going to the gym and eating vegetables and not being a dick um so yeah and that exists outside of the world of hospitality um so i guess it's maybe the well um one second. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> okay, I'm just in a meeting. Can it? Uh, about uh, 15 minutes. Okay, cool. Thank you so much. Bye. <laughs> All right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Look, I, I got to get my my second negative COVID tag. <laughs> Collect them all. Yeah, uh, I gotta get, get something else put on my nose at 10 a.m. Oh no. <laughs> wow, times uh, have changed. <laughs> no. um, my, my next little piece, like you mentioned before, I guess with challenges, obviously you, you're pretty driven in the fact that overcoming things is kind of, I not, not necessarily faking it to you, make it would not be the right way to put it, but obviously. No, 100%. Things, testing things to make, to, to understand them, or we'll pretend that you didn't say that. <laughs> But, but the yeah. only way to do it, the only way to find out how something works is actually trying it or doing it, right? So with that, like, is there any like major challenges um, that you've crossed and, and is there any ways that you've kind of tackled them or maybe some tips that you have for uh, some of our listeners? Um, ooh, I, I guess I'm only sort of speaking through um, kind of my experience, right? Because that, that uh, I, don't, I don't have anyone else's. Um, uh, you know, you, you gotta be humble. Um, and you've, you've really got to be willing to learn from people uh, that 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 don't, well, sorry, that, that do know more than you. Um, and I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm probably at a point in my life and career now where uh, I'm not just winging shit. Um, you know, I think it's been probably a good kind of maybe year or two now where I, I, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not in that place. Um, but I, I, yeah, I guess maybe instead of, probably referencing specific examples. My, my advice to anyone listening to this that's, that's considering uh, what to do next or, or, or even just listening because they're bored and they're on, on their way to work or whatever. Um, Quarantine. Or just, yeah, stay strong. <laughs> uh, is, you know, it's is just, just be humble, um, check the ego. Uh, I think maybe, you know, we, we come from a small hospitality market where it's quite easy to be, um, well, no, not easy. Um, it's probably quite linear uh, to become quite well known and, and have a bit of a reputation. Um, and, you know, 
even though it's a big wide world and it's a small business, uh, it, it is a small business. You know, I, I met Leah Robicek, who was running the CAP program in, in 2011, 2012. Um, and then I, I worked with him when I worked on Absolute Elix. Um, you know, and, and he remembered me and that was great. Um, and, you know, you just be careful with your words, be careful what you say, um, you know, don't speak when you should listen and don't be a fucking dick, you know, like it's, it's it, check your ego at the door because uh, there's always going to be someone that knows more than you. And just, just be open to, to that and, and, and own it and, and, and be good at it. Don't, don't be afraid to be good at what you do, but don't be a dick about it. Um, is is kind of the one thing that that I would 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 say from this. Awesome. Yeah, it's a bit, got a bit deep, didn't it? No, that was great. It's, it is such vital awesome. information, though. Straight you know, like, yeah. especially especially in New Zealand, is a very small small place, and I think sometimes we forget about that. If you ever go and work overseas, you can quite easily just go under the radar, and you can say often say what you want especially in the bartending community but here like we're so small mm. one thing word tra world travels and, and it's not to say that it's good to do it overseas i'm just saying that you can come from quite a different background and not really understand it right mm. yeah and i mean it's not to say that the world doesn't care who you are because the world doesn't care who you are but the <laughs> things that you can learn in a small market you can be exposed to, to MP or product development or, you know, I, I think in New Zealand, you do get to meet a lot of people from more traditional marketing backgrounds. Uh, you know, Laurie, you've, you've definitely seen it in Lion. Um, and, and that's certainly not a bad thing. But I guess the, the other thing that I would really push anyone listening to this, um, obviously, in light of the global pandemic, you kind of can't, but, but go out and travel, see the world in, in business and life. Because if you've just got this tiny little bubble, and it doesn't matter if you come from kind of North America or, or Europe, if you stay where you're staying, you're only going to see it through that that lens and 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 that way. And and I think you know if you really want to grow, doesn't matter if it's in the booze business, like just fuck, get out and mm. and and see some shit, be exposed to different ways of life um and, and and different people and, and different ways of doing business uh because you learn how to influence and understand and and just do shit better differently and, and be a better human um so yeah i love that well, i totally again. i know it's so good i love yeah. it i totally agree with that because i think that sometimes hospitality can be quite insular you only talk to your people you're only part of your industry and then yeah like shifting kind of even to corporate where we have like external speakers come in from different industries completely unrelated to ours and just speak to us about their management and leadership styles and all that kind of stuff was just mind-blowing so it's just yeah I love that like keep seeking information learn from as many as different people as you can read different I, books you know and you'll never know where it will take you I mean mm -hmm. when when I started working on Absolute Elix like my induction was a 24-hour kind of deep dive into Las Vegas um, and you know, it's sort of like you get to do some incredible shit, but you, you have to step outside your comfort zone to do that. Um, and if it's just bashing out the same drinks in the same bar, if that works for you, that's cool. Um, but you know, expect to do that for the rest of your life. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, gee, you're, you're beaming in from New York, bro. Uh, Mikey, I've sat, I've sat at your bars. Um, in, in London, which isn't the Mondrian Hotel anymore, it's like train works or something weird. Sea containers, yeah, yeah, I, it is the same, place. they just changed the name, yeah, yeah. I, I was, yeah, I was, well, I wasn't there, I was there quite a while ago now. Um, and yeah, I think you know, just 
well the, the shit that you can do man when when you step outside your comfort zone and 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 and, and push and and put yourself into some uncomfortable situations 100 i think you end up getting quite insular when you just surround yourself by things that you're comfortable with as well right as soon as you as soon as you've got things that that you're not necessarily com- comfortable with they'll open your mind up as well even if it's even if it is positive or negative you, you, you need both you genuinely need to like learn from learn from the bad as well you know and learn what not to do i guess is, is probably a really good call on that yeah. um be my, uh, my be, oh, be comfortable sorry. being uncomfortable i got yeah. told i got told that about a week ago um and yeah, Andy, if you listen to this, uh, <laughs> mailed it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I was, I kind of got told that. I was like, oh, uh, uh, actually, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, not that I'm the definitive weeds. Oh yeah, <laughs> the definitive weeds. <laughs> um, my last little piece for you, bro, is um, obviously we, we know nothing of Scandinavia, really. I've spent very minimal time up there and, and I really liked it. But um, how, how was living in Scandinavia and, and what, were, what were some of your, your basic challenges up there and, or the crazy experiences you had? <laughs> uh, it was a trip, man. Um, it, was, it was an interesting couple of years. Uh, look, I, I think... Um, it's, it's a very different way of life um and you know swedish people are, are really 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 lovely they're warm um despite the awful awful cold temperatures um but it's a very different way of life compared to new zealand um people tend to be a little bit more insular they kind of have their three friends and uh that's sort of it um and again that, that's not a negative thing that's just how different people live um it's cold i don't really like the cold which probably wasn't the smartest move for someone that doesn't like the cold to move to scandinavia um <laughs> but it's uh yeah it's, it's a really interesting place and um even though absolute has a pretty minimal kind of footprint in new zealand um absolutes are really i mean it, it's it's what the it's the largest brand within the, the pinaraka group um and it has a huge presence overseas so um, just being at that global headquarters and, and being exposed to, to global initiatives um, around transgender and LGBTQI plus rights uh, and, and what the brand was doing there in certain markets uh, to, to what I was doing uh, on, on Elix and uh, some, some brand advocacy stuff and then RTDs. It was, it's just a, it's a, it's a pretty crazy place. Um, yeah, you've, you've kind of go, got to go and, 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 and experience it um, and, and hope you like fish because they eat lots of fish. <laughs> um, I, I, I love Stockholm. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I thought it was a, a crazy city. I did find myself getting my English checked a lot more than I thought I was going to be. Like the first time I went to Stockholm, I was like on the plane, like with Duolingo trying to learn some Swedish. And I got there, the first person I like spoke to, they were like, hello sir how are you today how may oh, i help yeah. you i'm just like bro your english is better than my english like yeah. <laughs> i can that's, hear the because i was instantly about to be like your heart out bro um <laughs> and and that's why yeah swedes speak better um better english than than kiwis and i mean it's to be honest the one thing that i learned and this is not hospitality related um at all is that the country completely functions with with two different languages so they speak swedish and english 
more often than not better than you or I. Um, so yeah, when I kind of came home and, and I'm not Maori at all, um, but it, it definitely changed my view of, you know, we can have two functioning languages here. Um, that, you know, it's, it's, it's not a token thing, but there's no reason why we all can't speak today Maori and, and English and function because the Nordics do it, uh, huge amounts of the world do it. Um, and I don't really give a fuck if your political views line up with that or not, but functionally it works everywhere else. And so coming home, it's kind of been a bit of a reality check for me being like, huh. I mean, cultures, it's not relative. It's not like you can have too much culture. Uh, I mean, maybe you can. Um, in, in, I don't know, grey power or something, but um, hey, they're not listening to this, so whatever. Cam, <laughs> <laughs> um, before we wrap up, I just have one question for you. Um, in your short time being back, like obviously coming back from doing your worldly travels, um, is there anything like you've seen in the industry that like really kind of caught your eye, like, or is there something that you would kind of like want to see change in the industry, like kind of want to get your views on like what's uh, how you felt being home again um not not change um i think you know i, I hate the term unprecedented times because it's fucked if we have to hear that again and i can't believe i just said it i i think you know we've <laughs> um we've really seen over the last kind of 18 months how sensitive hospitality is uh to to changes within the social dynamic and, and there's a real job to be done. And this doesn't lie just within hospitality around um, kind of trying to change that behavior uh, of, of people staying home. You know, it takes, takes less than 90 days to, to change a behavior in your head. Um, and when you've got a society that's staying at home now, um, I think there's a real job to be done uh, around telling those stories and getting people back out. Um, because it's not just about bars anymore. It's not just about restaurants. It's about creating that kind of convivial culture and, and, and how we all can play a part in that because sitting at home as chefs, it's, it's lame. I mean, it's nice to do every now and again, but you want to get out and support, support businesses. Um, and I, I think that's, that's just something that we need to be really conscious of um, is that there is that challenge. It's, it's not all roses at the moment, you know, um, and I think we need to be collaborative and, 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 and not just, I mean, it's business at the end of the day, but there's a real big piece on, on making sure people are aware of, of getting out. Um, and I think, you know, the work that, that you guys are doing, uh, I think that, that really needs to be called out and, and credit to you because the industry has been on this journey of professionalization. Uh, I don't think that's a bad thing, you know, for a long, long time, people kind of like, ooh, daywalkers, I don't want to grow up. I mean, on your shit, be an, be an adult. Um, you know, if, you, if, if you want to make 15.50 an hour for the rest of your life, that's cool, but don't complain about it. Um, you know, and I, I think the, the message that you guys are pushing around, um, you know, healthy hospo, I, I think really needs to be commended and, and credit to you guys. For, for doing this because that's that's the one thing um you know as I've gotten a little bit older you kind of look back on and, and see certain people in, in the industry or examples and go like you could be so so much healthier and happier and better at what you do if you maybe just didn't ingest certain things on the weekend or uh you know just ate some vegetables and took care of yourself um because you know I, 
that's that's really important uh, in, in your life and hospitality or, or outside of it um so i think i'll just use that to to give you guys full credit and please keep doing what you're doing um and, and do the good work awesome thank you <laughs> well <laughs> well this chat has been very uh very informative there's been lots of wisdoms prior I've to what you said earlier way too much. no this is great we've loved it um it's been an and awesome we could talk for hours <laughs> yeah honestly if we could make this podcast two three hours and we thought people might listen to it um <laughs> but we're, no, we'll tr try and keep no, it no short one, no one wants to hear me talk shit for two hours not even my girlfriend maybe my mum i feel like we're just getting started cam i feel just like we could get plenty more i've been gone for, i've been gone for so long no one knows who i am or, or, like, the bars i work in aren't even open anymore yeah. Yeah. Like, weren't you that old ambassador no it was it was so interesting and i feel like there's so much that people could take from your experiences and your career journey and i mean you've been to so many places um and yeah i have loved some of the messages and wisdom that you had to share with us so thank you so much uh we look forward to all hopefully catching up with you for a beverage sometime when you're back out of isolation um in real life in real life irl jay you'll have to see the tree gin and tonic and you're more than welcome yeah <laughs> we'll just get to go somewhere where, where they stock both of our products so yeah <laughs> uh, we, we know we have to drink uh schweppes i think i think we'll both have to no. drink schweppes yeah no uh, I, I choose death <laughs> Same. Yeah. <laughs> i'm not coming yeah. <laughs> cool thanks guys Thank you so much oh, you. for anyone Thanks who loves us, our um, podcast. Feel free to share. We always love it when, you know, you guys let us know if you've enjoyed what we're up to. Um, so we know that we're just not chatting to ourselves, <laughs> but um, no, thank you so much. And it's awesome to have you on and good luck with the rest of your quarantine. Right on. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, and if anyone didn't like it too bad, I'm not going to read the negative <laughs> comments. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you team. See you guys. Thanks, All right. bro. Thank you.